Greetings, South Park. Thank you so much for the privilege to share in this Turning Pages sermon series. I'm grateful for Reverend Kyle Thompson who extended this invitation to me. He has become a friend of mine as we have traveled together the past couple of years in the Reynolds uh, Leadership Academy, going all over the United States and even all over the world as we traveled to the United Kingdom last, last fall. And in that trip, we had the privilege of following the footsteps of John Wesley and even went to his place where he studied at Lincoln College at Oxford. And I was ecstatic to, to be on the campus where John Wesley studied. And further uh, excited because I discovered that it was the campus where one of my favorite authors uh, went to school a century after John Wesley, but Theodore Soyce Geisel uh, studied at Oxford, at Lincoln College at Oxford, at the same campus where John Wesley studied. And I am enamored by uh, Theodore Soyce Geisel uh, from his writings, which are, are simple, but they're brilliant. I'm uh, ecstatic to, uh, was ecstatic to be in that space. Uh, and his writings touched me so, probably because of what he says about his, his uh, intent of his writing. He's, he says that uh, he tries to, to teach through reaching the sense of laughter and silliness and wonder and nonsense. And I have plenty of laughter and silliness and wonder and nonsense that uh, Theodore Soyce Geisel could reach me right where he was. And I, I'm glad to have been invited into his wobulous world. I'm glad that uh, I'm invited to uh, his world where the, the term and concept of, of nerd was created. Uh, he, he invented the term that describes me perfectly. I'm, I'm glad to be invited into the world where he talks about wockets and pockets and Grinches and green eggs and cats and hats. And in particular, uh, for today, the Sneetches. For the Sneetches reveal to us the human condition and the grace within. And from that, as we uh, explore the human condition and the grace within, um, the, the subject that I will chase today is who matters? Who matters? Let us pray. God, we thank you for inviting us into your presence this day. We thank you for allowing us to worship you together in spirit and in truth. We thank you for allowing us to hear what it is that you would have for us. We thank you for uh, moving the meager preacher out of the way and uh, whatever faults and, and uh, shortcomings that, that I bring, Lord, uh, minimize those so that you may be glorified in what you have for your people this day. Now, O oh Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord, for you are strength and you are our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Who matters? Who matters? So the the Sneetches revealed to us the human condition and the grace within. And the story of the Sneetches today, I'll, I'll share and have it framed by Paul's letter to the church at Rome uh, in chapter 12, verses one through two, where Paul uh, declares to that church, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Paul appealed to the church at, at, at Rome, and he's inviting them to be intentional about how they appear before a holy God in their spiritual worship. But not only that, he, he invites them to let that appearance be shaped to be framed, to be 
transformed, not by our human condition, but by the spirit within. And Paul writes to this, this church that finds itself with one of the parts of our human condition, looking for ways to prove our superiority over someone else's inferiority. And Paul writes to this church and, and the, the members of this church uh, who some find themselves superior over others because of their citizenship status. Some find themselves superior over others because of their nationality. Some find themselves superior or superior over others because of their social status. Some suggest that they matter more than others because of their status. And some are offended at the assertion of someone else that they consider not to matter as much as them, that they matter. It's no different from the Sneetches that we're introduced by Dr. Seuss. And Dr. Seuss uh, introduces us to the Sneetches by starting off and saying, now the star belly Sneetches had bellies with stars. The plain belly Sneetches had none upon stars. Those stars were so, weren't so big, they really were small. You might think such a thing wouldn't matter at all. Why, why would, would the, the, whether or not I had an imprint on my belly matter? What is the big deal about this superficial place that distinguished me from someone else? From, from someone else? And, and uh, Geisel could talk something about this because he had such a worldview. When he was at Oxford in the 1920s, uh, he saw Josephine Baker, that African-American dancer who was world renowned. And when he saw her, he called her a racial expletive. I won't repeat, repeat what that expletive was in this message, but he called her a racial ex expletive. One of my favorite authors, one of my uh, hero authors, Dr. Seuss. Uh, not only that, but he was uh, a propagandist for the military. He wrote material against the Japanese in, in World War I and, and, and uh, used racial expletives about them. So he knew such a worldview. He, he knew what it was like to be a star belly sneech to look at the other sneeches and, and, and say, those, you, you don't have a star, you can't come into my space. You don't have a star, uh, you, you, you don't meet my level. You, you don't have a star, you can't come to my parties. You can't come to my roast. You can't come to my toast. We can't play together. You can't get into my star belly games. And that's how they were treated, as Geisel says, as as. Sue says, Dr. Sue says, they were treated like that year after year. This was a system that was set up. This was uh, established year after year that those who had stars had more than those who had no stars. And I'm sure if this, this continued, then it would wind up that there would be uh, those who had stars who would be in, in control of the, the decision making of, of all of the beats. And I'm sure it would be hard for those who did not have stars to get a home at the beach or to get jobs or to get a loan or to start a business or to, uh, they, they might find themselves in jail because they couldn't live up to the star standards and, and them having no stars was criminal in their eyes. Maybe if they had a, a church, the the ones without stars couldn't get in a star belly church. Or maybe they let them get into the, the church, but, but you can't sing. On, you, you might be able to sing on the choir, but, but you can't touch the money. Or, or you might sing on the choir, but you can't make any decisions. You can't get in this star belly game. 
And it's easy to get caught up in the system because the system uh, is institutionalized and it happens year after year. And it produces what it's designed to produce. It's designed to produce some who are privileged and some who are oppressed, some who have and some who have not. The system benefits some. And it, it's, it's big money for others. There's big money in bigotry. There's big money in supremacy. There's big money in dysfunction. So shows up Sylvester McMonkey McBean. Sylvester McMonkey McBean, he comes with his, his McMonkey McBean machine, and he's coming to exploit this system and exploit the people of the system. And he comes and calls himself the fix-it-up chappy. And he says to, to those who, who are in pain and in agony because they can't get in the star belly game, uh, games because they have no stars upon bars. And, and he, he says to them, give me $3. Each of you, give me $3, and I'll give you a star. And sure enough, they gave him $3, and, and all of the starless sneeches went through his machine and came, came out, and they had stars upon dogs. And when they came out, they looked at the ones, the ones who originally had stars on theirs, and they said, we have stars too. We're just like you now. And, and, and the ones who had stars said, wait, wait a minute. But now how in the world will we know they all frowned of which kind is up and which is the other way around? That we, 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 we don't have anything to distinguish ourselves from them. Now we're, we're, we're just like them. So McBean, the fix it up chap, he says, well, I, I, I got a way to fix this. You give me $10. Give me $10 and, and I'll take your star. I'll remove your star and, and then you'll be able to know who is superior to the other. And, and he exploited everybody. Uh, the, the, the system really hurts everybody. I don't care if you're privileged or you're suffering. The system hurts everybody. The, the system hurts everybody. McBean, as he, he finished uh, exploiting everyone and, and, and removing stars and adding stars, and at the end of it all, nobody knew who no one was. And, and he laughed as he drove in his car up the beach. They never will learn. No, you can't teach a sneech. He, he, he got them. He exploited them all, which goes back to uh, Paul, who invites us and urges us. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, sisters and brothers by the mercies of God, that you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that which is that good and that perfect and acceptable will of God. I need you to get this. I need you to, to change. Don't, don't be fixed by this world that says uh, you, you have to look at Josephine Baker a certain way. You have to look at, at, at Japanese folks a certain way. You have to look at Folks without stars a certain way. Don't get caught up in that system. I have something better in mind for you. So as, as we're not conformed to this world, God is asking us. We are asking and we should ask ourselves, who really matters? The Sneetches, after they got, got Mr. McBean got done with them, they didn't know who really mattered. They found out that the only difference between them was star deep. The only difference was star deep. Dr. Seuss wanted to abandon this book as he was writing this book. He wanted to abandon the book because he thought it would be seen as overly preachy or deliber deliberately moral. It felt like Jeremiah said, I, I've got this fire shut up in my bones, but I, I, I don't want to write this, this book. 
And I've seen some signs of, of some folks in recent protests that declare silence is violence. Silence is violence. But we have this book because he says, Dr. Sue says, I had this burning passion. I had to get it out. And perhaps it was because he, he connected with his own trauma. He, he was a German-American uh, during World War One, And as he was uh, a child growing up, his childhood uh, schoolmates would tease him and call him a hun. They would uh, let him know that German was tattooed. There was much nativism and much xenophobia. There were streets that had to be renamed because they sounded like German names. And there were towns that were renamed because they were German names. He was harassed all the way home and ran home saying that, that there were coals bouncing off of his head. Who mattered? Who mattered? And I think that stuck with him as he prepared to write this book. And when he got to 1961, he looked in his neighborhood and he, and he saw that the real estate brokers who sold him his house would not rent or sell to Jewish families. He, he saw that the beach and tennis club that he belonged to would not accept Jewish families. Who matters? Who matters? And he realized that the difference was only star deep. The difference was only skin deep. Whether you had a star or not didn't matter. Sure, I, I don't want to discount uh, people's language and history and songs and backgrounds and heroes and all the things that come along with having a star or not having a star, all things that come along with ethnicity and culture, all those things matter. But beyond that and beyond that, you matter. You matter. Whether or not you have a star doesn't matter. Whether or not your, your skin is dark or light doesn't matter. You matter. Again, all the things that you bring, bring that. That's important. But beyond that, you matter. What's in your heart matters. McBean says they'll never learn. No, you can't teach a snitch. But McBean was quite wrong. One snitch had an idea. One snitch had an idea. And, and one snitch said to another snitch, let's talk. Let's talk. Let, let's cross the beach, Mr. Snitch. Let's cross the tracks. Let's cross the pews. Let's cross the threshold of the church. Let's go and have a conversation with another, one another. And I don't know if that Sneech's name was Martin or Rosa or Alexis or Pam or Kyle or Kevin or Liz. I don't know what the, that, that Sneech's name was, but, but he, he had it right that, that there's something about the inside, something beyond the, 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 the superficial nature of whether or not I have a star. Something that says what John Wesley says in his sermon, Catholic Spirit, drawing from, drawn from 2 Kings chapter 10. If your heart is right as my heart is right towards you, give me your hand. If my heart is right, if your heart is right towards me as my heart is right towards you, give me your hand. It doesn't matter how many stars you have. It doesn't matter if you don't have any stars. If your heart is right with me as my heart is right towards you, give me your hand. Sue said, my heart won't allow me to, to abandon this, this book. David said, uh, my heart is, 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 is in turmoil. God created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. David told his son Solomon, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge God and God will direct your path. Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind, all your strength. What's in your heart? Is there justice in your heart? Is there humility in your heart? Is there truth in your heart? 
Is there love in your heart? Is there hope in your heart? Is there joy in your heart? Is there enough of that in your heart for you and for somebody else? Is righteous protest in your heart? Is it in your heart to be angry and sin not? Is uh, the long view in your heart where we might not be able to make the change today, but I'm not going to leave. I'm going to keep at it. I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep pursuing the right thing, even if it doesn't look like it's changing anything. What's in your heart? Is it in your heart to, to look at someone else that may not have a star, or may have a star different than yours and, and say, you're not my enemy and I'm not your enemy. We can support one another. We can dream together. We can live together. We can fight together. We don't have to fight against one another. There's enough out there that's fighting against us. If your heart is right toward me as my heart is towards you, give me your hand. Let's study together. Let's fellowship together. Let's serve together. Let's worship together. Let's love one another, sisters, sisters and brothers. Let's make disciples together. We can change the world. Don't be conformed to this world, but let's be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect to God. McBean was wrong. With one sneech idea, we can begin to change the world. With one sneech idea, we may not fix policing in one conversation. We may not fix housing. We may not fix unemployment. We may not fix the prison industrial complex. We may not fix the school system. We may not fix health care. We may not fix it all. But if we join hands as allies, if we join hands as co-conspirators, then we can we can begin to change. And I encourage you to to, to go and and, and and stand with another sneech this week and allow them to change your heart in as much as God allows you to change their heart. And once my heart is changed and your heart is changed, then we together with our hands held can go and deal with the structures. Then we can go and deal with the systems. Then we can go and deal with those iniquities that repeat themselves year after year after year that keeps the unstarred ones out of the star belly game. One God idea. Start somewhere. Do something. Let, let's, let's, let, let, let's meet one another and talk and join hands. And as we're together talking and joining hands, it just might be that God shows up to both of us. Doesn't matter who has stars, doesn't matter who doesn't have stars, doesn't matter who has privilege and who doesn't have spirit. But God may look at us and say, is your heart right towards me as my heart is towards you? Then give me your hand. And then God takes our hands and God's hands. And then we know that we'll be able to make disciples and transform the world. So my prayer for us is for God to help my heart, God to help our heart be right as God's heart is right towards us. And then God tells us to take God's hand. As we prepare for communion today, Christ was preparing for crucifixion. And as he was preparing for his crucifixion, he took his hands and in his hands, he took the bread and said, this is my body, which was given for you, take and eat. Then he took the cup and said, this cup is the blood of the new covenant take and drink do this in remembrance of me he took those in his hands and he said take my hands if your heart is right towards me as my heart is right towards you the resurrected Christ the one who was born for us the one who lived for us the one who died for us was arrested beaten buried rose got up with all power 
came and he met with the disciples and he said, touch me in my side and touch me as my in my hands. If your heart is right towards me as my heart is right towards you, take my hand. And my prayer for us is God help our hearts be right towards God and as, as God, your heart is right towards us. And we will take your hands and we will not be conformed to this world, but we will be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove which is that good and acceptable and perfect will for you, O oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen.